you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. Your boy DJ Impact here, and I got the biggest bad boys here with me. It's good to see you guys, and we're here for three count. We got three good topics here for you, and as everyone is jumping in on our Facebook chat, yeah, go ahead, leave your uh, comment, and um, we'll try to get it in as we see fit. We thank you for hanging out with us, um, and so let's have a little fun. Let's get to our first topic. And this one, which is uh, is pretty interesting, is from Yahoo Finance. And it is titled, The Pro Wrestling Business is Heating Up to Levels Not Seen in 20 Years. Will it last? Just going to read a little bit of this here for you. It says that professional wrestling landscape is really heating up. And over the weekend... World Wrestling Entertainment, SummerSlam, was reportedly the, reportedly the highest grossing and most uh, viewed SummerSlam in the event's 34-year history. And on Friday, the return of CM Punk after a seven-year absence from pro wrestling boosted all elite wrestling Rampage TV wrestling by 52.5%. And Pro Wrestling Tees announced Punk's new shirt is already the highest-selling design in its history. And in a recent... Interview WWE President and Chief Revenue Officer Nick Khan said WWE is also in the process of refreshing its NXT brand in the next couple of weeks, which I guess will be this week, is going to have a whole new look and it's going to have a whole new feel. New wrestling boom. Hmm. The recent success of professional wrestling has some fans speculating that the industry could be on the verge of another boom period of popularity similar to the one it experienced during the Hulkamania days of the 1980s and so-called Monday Night Wars in the late 90s and early 2000s. He mentions that Eric Bischoff, who was the president of World Championship Wrestling during 1990, said on a recent podcast, it's an exciting time in the industry. It's been a long time since there's been a cross the board buzz about an industry and in general, and I'm really happy for AEW in particular, Tony Khan and the wrestling fans all over the country. The last thing I mentioned is that in Melcher's observations is that the competition between WWE and AEW is very similar to the Monday Night Wars between WWE and WCW during the previous wrestling boom, according to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer uh, Newsletter. Wrestling hasn't had a strong number two promotion at this level since WCW started falling apart in 1999. And for overall health economically, the industry has never been stronger. It has two shows in the top five on cable for the week this past week and two weeks earlier for the first time since 1999, Meltzer Meltzer had mentioned. Um, He also says that for now, the key differences between WWE and AEW brands is that the is that they could potentially fuel their rivalry between the two companies. He said that WWE is still heavily reliant upon older part-time performers. For example, part-time wrestlers and full-time actor John Cena competed in the main event of SummerSlam while the return of part-timer Brock Lesnar closed the show. And then WWE is still more popular, but AEW is growing tremendously and skews younger and has more members of families watching together, features younger performers, and has more athletic style. And WWE has a huge advantage over the 50 audience and traditional audience, plus has a stronger and more established television platform. Um, and then he goes a little bit over this, what he believes some of the troubling signs for WWE. Um, but let's now get to the question he asked, and we'll just kick it right off to you, Simon Street. Um, again, he asks, and he goes all, all over this. He says the pro wrestling business right now, it is looking good to levels we haven't seen in 20 years but he asked will it last what's your take 
Uh, pretty much. I mean, a lot of it kind of does make sense. I mean, think about it whenever, and I think we've talked about it before, when you have another option to watch as far as wrestling, it tends to, you know, make WWE in some cases kind of change some things, not that they really need to, but, uh, you know, it's more for people to watch. So therefore you're going to have more eyes on the product versus when you just have one major singularly, you know, large WWE that you're watching. So it makes sense uh, as far as like, you know, some of the things you said with regards to um, CM Punk shirts selling and stuff, that's normal. I mean, but the proof is in the pudding down the road. You know, what will it be six months from now after all the hype, after all the name acquisitions, will it be, still be the same? I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I'll jump this over to you, Sin City. Um, he, again, he's... Um, He's talking about just how uh, the success success that uh, wrestling has been happening now for at least the next uh, for the past twenty years, and um, you know um, I, I will say I I do I do take some of some issue to what Meltzer had mentioned, um, uh, but you know I'm gonna save that I, I'll, I'll mention that to you a little later. Let me just get your first thoughts on this what's your take on do you think it will last this business that's been heating up for uh that's not been seen in 20 years well i think that something that's really important that we all keep in mind is that wrestling and the professional wrestling business itself is a very cyclical thing um so we're we're just on the upswing um granted uh it it, it wouldn't have happened without there being a solid number two um as Meltzer had mentioned but Keep in mind, there have to be fans that are at least receptive to a number two and to a secondary promotion other than WWE. So um, we'll see. I think that um, I think that there still needs to be a little bit more stuff to happen for this to even really be a major conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's easy for us to sit here and say, "Oh yeah, we're in Attitude Era point, you know, two or whatever." Yeah. Realistically. It's not even it's not even close to being on that level yet. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want it to be to that level? Of course we do. Anybody that is a pro wrestling fan, you know, I'd say ninety five percent of them looks back at the Attitude Era with some shred of fondness, as if it were a, a major golden age for the sport, which it, it definitely was in my opinion. But the fact is, we are not there yet. Just because AEW is showing signs of life that we haven't seen out of another company besides, you know, WWE being number one um, in 20 years, it's a little bit jumping the gun. Um, But I think that within the next couple of years, could we revisit this and have the same conversation without a doubt? Okay. Uh, Let me just straight up question to you. Same one, uh, Michaels. Um, Do you think it will last this uptick in wrestling that hasn't been seen in 20 years? Um, it will last for a couple of years and then it'll go back on its down tick. Okay. That's what wrestling does. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, <clears throat> this is why it's kind of a stupid thing, As, especially for Meltzer. Um, you do realize Meltzer had on uh, Tony Khan. Um, so when he had on his boss, um, he's got to say shit like this. Well, this is the problem that gets me uh, upset. So he goes and goes, um, he says WWE is still heavily relying upon older part-time performers. Then he jumps over and, and then says WWE is still more popular, but AEW is growing tremendously and skews younger and has more members of families watching together and feature young performers and have more athletic style. So you're just going to shit on WWE, you know, as if that's all they rely on, on is just part-timers and full-timers. But on the AEW side, it's just all about lifting so, the new talent and... Let's, and families let's just, watch that. Go ahead. Yeah, let's just start with that first part of what you said. Yeah. And that is older talent. Chris Jericho, 50. Christian, 47. Mm-hmm. Matt Hardy, 47. Right. CM Punk, 44. Right. Brian Danielson, if he comes in, he's in his 40s. You know, it, it, I know. It, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and by the way, you yeah. know, why, why the comparison is even being made is because WCW hired 
all these guys from WWE back in the early 90s. If WCW didn't get Hall and Nash in there, and if this idea of the Outsiders and the NWO doesn't hit, WCW is out of business by the end of 97. So you could have um, a trajectory of bringing in talent. The question is, what do you do? And the way Meltzer's trying to put this over is they're building so much young talent that families are getting involved into that. <laughs> but, I mean, again, it's like if you look at the talent that they have that is younger talent, you're you're starting to see this where, you know, it's just you took your younger guys. Um, I think in this article, did some was there something mentioned about Sonny Kiss as a name, or was that in another one of the three count? Um, that might be um, a three count here. Um, but um, because there was there were some names that were given, and I don't remember. Um, if that was on the... Yeah, it's uh, definitely not on this one. I mean, he named some of the okay. old school wrestlers towards the end, but um, but not... Some, yeah, yeah, so... But but that's an example. It's like... Um, uh, when you think about what, what they're trying to do, and then, yeah, you're going to bring quick eyes to the product by, by the way, using the guys who were developed on wwe television and you should if it if it doesn't um then you're definitely doing something wrong right right Right. these are these are people that are name recognized um but the downside to that is again when you have your younger talent and everyone always now is bitching about wwe letting people go the truth of the matter is, is that when AEW has to start doing the same thing because people are getting pissed that they're not getting, you know, TV time, um, then it becomes a little something different. And I think the biggest factor here, too, is we're talking about ratings as if television will be the same thing in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And really, I think what it's going to come down to is you're going to see a lot of it being um you know really reliant on networks um that stream and you know it's it's going to be a different way of um looking at how successful things are the one thing that floors me though is we're talking about ratings yet again the actual pay-per-view buy rates you never see Meltzer reporting that you know, to like, Hey, this is good stuff. Right. Right. So that in itself, I think shows that even though pay-per-views are being watched, they're not being paid for essentially. And there's also the questions of is Tony Khan buying up tickets that are not selling. And the other thing you got to look at is people buying tickets for, um, AEW shows, especially in the Chicago show, majority of that stuff was um, secondhand ticket sales that were, you know, eating up the tickets. If you went and you looked at Ticketmaster, the stuff that was available, and there were a lot of seats available come day of, they were all through second, you know, resale tickets. Mm -hmm. So even though they're selling tickets, you still have to fill the seats. And that's the thing is... You know, hopefully they're not missing out that key factor of, you know, hey, if the secondary market's buying it, that's great because they're making their front money. But if that secondary market is not able to sell them, um, you're going to start seeing that start disappearing, and then you're going to have a harder time selling stuff. So, I yeah, I in just this article, that's what he says. Yeah, in the article it says it's hard to separate the pent up demand effect from the return to touring benefiting both ticket sales and TV ratings from a secular increase in interest in wrestling. And while it may be exciting time for pro wrestling as a whole, 
the belief that the industry may not have the star power it did during the previous boom eras, which included stars like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Uh, WWE has Roman Reigns and the number of mostly older part-timers who occasionally visit their programming. But who's the new star that either WWE or AEW will create who would drive more than just short-term spikes in its interest? And that's not clear. So, hmm, it's interesting to see where can it's going to go. Go ahead, man. Can I add something real quick? Is sure. that okay? Yeah, man. Um, I wanted to kind of add on to what Michaels was saying of, of what the product may look like 10 years or what TV in general will look like in 10 years. The one thing that you're going to see a lot of happening, and this is just my theory, is, you know, how you're looking at social media, whether it's Facebook or you're looking at Instagram. I think Twitter now is going to start doing it. I'm not sure if they already have, but these reels. So basically, essentially what that is, is as you're scrolling through whatever your feed is, for those that don't know, you have these reels, which are shorts, and they can last anywhere from 10 minutes to 30 minutes. You're going to see, I believe, a lot of of, uh, pro wrestling utilizing those in, let's say, for AEW as an example, having a dark match that's on a reel because you have more opportunity for you to kind of showcase your product, even in possibly get new new eyes on the product or someone that may you know, I'm sure there's some kind of calculation they do or whatever to where if I constantly watch nothing but AEW, that's going to show up more often. So that's another way, too. But you're going to see a lot of that in the next 10 years to where social media is going to be a backbone for that in between. Got you. And let me just shout out here, uh, John, one of the things he wrote, he says one thing about WWE, like most successful, long lasting businesses is that they're forward thinking. Take the network, for example. No more monthly $50 pay-per-views. Genius. Brands like WCW were successful because they were focused on the now, not the long term. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, right. So, look at stuff. And oh, go ahead, man. One of the, and one of the other things along the, that note, too, and it's, it's interesting is that um, – you know, Meltzer likes to rag on TNA, but if you compare what has been done numbers wise, AEW is basically bringing in the same numbers that TNA was during its, you know, its biggest, you know, push. Mm-hmm. And what is the thing that those two things have in common? TNA was getting that push. By bringing in name guys who were released from WWE. So I think that the factor question that, uh, you know, just gets missed here is how valuable the WWE branding of these guys is for them then to be able to bring a rub to another company. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, cool. Did you want to add one more thing, Sin City, or are you good? Um, I, I was just going to mention, I mm-hmm. mean, obviously the, the ratings are what they are. Um, that's pretty much the current, uh, barometer that everybody's using to describe, uh, how, how everything's going. Um, sure. obviously in this mm-hmm. article, it mentions the fact that, you know, AEW's audience tends to, uh, slope younger. Um, WWE has a stronghold on the 50 plus audience. One thing to really, really keep in mind is what we're seeing is a lot of people that are in that 50 plus bracket, Mm -hmm. they were our age, younger, when Attitude Era was going on. So it's one of those things that they built a fan base for life. And Michaels, you're giving me a a puzzling kind of a look. What's going on? No, no, no. I was just thinking if you said they they were our age while that was going on that means they're 70 now oh well <laughs> I, I, I was trying no, to see no, what no. you were saying but no, I, I, was, I get I, what you're saying I, 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 I was i was just implying you know your average 30 year old um your 30 year old wrestling fan you know take it 20 25 years you're in that 50 plus age bracket so it's one of those things that WWE, whether they, you know, and, and they've been extremely smart with how they've merchandised it and how they've monetized it. Mm-hmm. But um, they've they've built a fan base that they're ensuring comes back to their product going forward. I don't want to say relying on, you know, past glory from that period. But what they did was they took that era and immortalized it so that 
people that were fans of the product during that time will always come back to the product in some varying degree. And where's the first place that they're going to go? It's going to be WWE. It's not going to be AEW, at least for the foreseeable future, because a, uh, AEW hasn't been around for five years yet. They yeah. they haven't been around for anything more than a cup of coffee in the big time, if you will. So it's one of those things that, you know, WWE has that name recognition. They are the gold standard for professional wrestling companies. Um, John actually, John made a great point in the chat mm -hmm. um, that I'm trying to find. Uh, he says WWE will always be number one because the company is first association to pro wrestling. Much like UFC is the sport of mixed martial arts. Bellator, Bellator appeals to a younger audience, but it's not the same. Yeah. Spot on, 100%. Do I think that when the tide comes in that all boats rise? Yes, I certainly do. Are we in that time period right now? Realistically, we won't know for at least another six months to a year. You know, and, and bringing along those points, Steve, which I think is very, this is something that even though it's said, I don't think people are, are really comprehending this idea as of yet. When Vince McMahon dies, the numbers for WWE is going to go through the fucking roof because yep. everybody is going to be checking out the product. Yep. And so that's where you're going to see a lot of, you know, what is traditionally thought of, of what the WWE is. And you're already seeing with, um, you know, what apparently is going to be, transitioning with nxt you're you're seeing them take the opportunities to start trying things and i think that's because they're going to be the testing ground yeah exactly yep. and the art the article did say that even and even though the um the numbers for aew have skewered younger and they've had that it it did say that they're starting to get wwe starting to get the younger viewer so it's interesting because I think what kind of along those lines, Steve, too, what you said, I think guys like Meltzer, what they're trying to do is they're, again, trying to start a war. But the, the thing is, they're trying to start the war because that's what they enjoyed. That's what they thought was big. Mm -hmm. In a case of Meltzer, that's what made him money. <laughs> so keeping it real. All right, thank you guys so much for that. Let's go to our second count, and this is from ProWrestlingNewsHub.com. They question title that says, Are Wyatt, Strowman, and Murphy all going to Impact Wrestling? Let's read a little bit of this here. Murphy to Impact? Well, former WWE wrestler Buddy Murphy, who is now going by the name Buddy Matthews, may be appearing on Impact soon, according to webisjericho.com Scott Diamore stated as much in a on a Twitch stream the Twitch account and video belong to wrestler and wife to X Division champion Josh Alexander Jade Chung in the video Diamore is seen in a jovial mood at a recent Toronto Blue Jays Blue Jays game and he's asked George Iceman who's seated beside him in the video to announce the arrival of Buddy Murphy Matthews to Impact Iceman, of course, declines to announce that and specifically stated that he wasn't yet allowed to make such an announcement. <laughs> okay. Braun Strowman to Impact. And it perhaps an even more shocking announcement by Scott Diamore on the same video. He refers to the upcoming Impact Bound for Glory event as Braun for Glory. The event is headed to us in October 23rd to be exact and that is also the time in which Strowman 90 day no compete clause will be coming to an end or there or thereabouts since his release in June he already announced that he'll be wrestling in uh what's that Carter as we Carter, yeah. Yeah, Carter, yeah as we um reported as well and that event will be February 26 2022 and that event is called Super Slam 3 he has teased on social media that many promotions were vying for him a while back. It was also reported that WWE wanted him back but wanted to pay him less, and many were speculating an AEW debut, debut but it seems as though Impact might be on Strowman's horizon after all. And the last one here is, what about The Fiend? 
And in an event, even more shocking development, it seems like Impact is seriously interested in signing Bray Wyatt, according to a report at WrestlingNews.co. The previous rumor was that Wyatt would be going to AEW, and the Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer was almost positive of this. But as was recently stated by Brian Alvarez, Meltzer's business partner, that that seemed unlikely according to contacts he has in AEW. He stated as much. What I think I can safely say is I do not believe it is a guarantee that Bray Wyatt is going to AEW. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. To me, this is not like CM Punk where CM Punk was going to AEW and I'm like 99.9999% sure that Brian Danielson is going to AEW. I would not say anything resembling that for Bray Wyatt. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Maybe it will, but I will put it as but I will put it much less than 99.9999% at this point. And then on a recent episode of Sunday night's main event, when asked about why it's future, Dave Meltzer himself stated that he's heard different things. And I know impact is really after him. For what I understand, there's a certainly high people in places that are on the belief that he is coming. How they, can fin- I, how- can I, Oh, I, I thought you finished. Never mind. Thank you. Just to finish it up. It says that despite, the fact that Impact struggles with ratings and their shows aren't as jam-packed with fans like other promotions, it doesn't mean they don't have money. Anthem Sports and Entertainment, who own Impact, definitely have money indeed, and it looks like they may be willing to spend some of it moving forward. And if these rumors are in fact true, comedian Steve Harvey is the investor since they acquired Access TV, and according to Wikipedia, he also has a strategic agreement with the company in content development and promotion. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see where all these men will end up. I thought this was a fun article, but teasing the idea that I may get three guys I like on the show that I like. But you know, yeah, and you're, and you're also getting creative decisions through Steve Harvey, hey, according yeah. to Wikipedia. <laughs> and you know, sometimes he gets things wrong. All right, let's just jump right into it. Um, go can ahead. I, can, go can ahead, Simon. Just one thing, go and ahead. I'll leave it, and I'll let y'all have it. All right, so only reason I wanted to bring it up real quick is because um, John in, in, in the chat had mentioned Funko is releasing a Fiend doll as part of its newest lineup. Maybe we're all being swerved with Bray. And the reason why I want to state, take that statement, I thought about it as I was while, while we were at SummerSlam, and I saw – so many people with different Fiend outfits, and they were still sharing. They, they're they still selling Fiend shirts, which they normally do. But something popped in my head, and I was thinking, like, I have a feeling like maybe Bray Wyatt namesake is being done, but Fiend is still there. I know it might be a long shot. But that's one thing that I would say with regards to this whole conversation of Bray Wyatt in any type of form going to impact. I think for the other two guys, I think it's a I think it'd be a great opportunity for them because if you look at some of the other things that's going on right now, AEW is just saturated with different people who've come back from from uh WWE or have been let go from WWE. So for them, they would have to kind of go in. I'm sure Braun Strowman would be okay, but like I said, it, it would still be something. But imagine if Braun Strowman is to be an impact. He's gonna be spotlighted 120%. No offense to impact. The number one problem that they have is the fact that they're on access. And most people I talk to just cannot get access to watch it or know how to watch it. But him being there, number one spotlight, it'd be amazing. Um, Enough said. Matt Michaels. um, All right. Impact, uh, access, Anthem, whatever. They have a lot of money. What's your take on them going after these three or these three coming over to Impact? What do you think? So first, let me um, let me go off of your theory, uh, Simon, and let me say that one of the things while listening to this that hit me was because I've said you know Bray might be gone, but the Fiend might not be. But then it hit me: what if Bray's not the Fiend? What if you have another guy that can do the Fiend character? But like people playing multiple uh, canes. Well, multiple canes or fake razor and fake diesel yeah. or whatever. They sure. own the character. And the yeah. character in this case, mm-hmm. as long as you have someone who can execute wrestling well 
and has a fairly decent body type that resembles Bray's, technically it's like, uh, you know, someone taking over for a superhero in a superhero movie. So that's, or, I mean, that's out, it's outside of the box, but it's, it's or an doink. Thought. Or doink, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the problem that we, di- we didn't get to see a little person fiend, and that's what I want to see. So, <laughs> but doesn't WWE always end up doing that with anything like that? There's always going to be a smaller version. Was hoping, but we haven't seen it yet. Um, so the next thought that hit me. Um, outside the fact is, who the fuck cares where Buddy Murphy ends up? That's not money. Go fuck off. Um, that's why I didn't mention him. Whatever. I, I don't think Buddy Murphy's that hey, bad, but that's fine. Whatever. Impact. Yeah. Impact. He's, he's really gonna be, good in he's, New he's, Japan. He's, he's, he's going to be really good in New Japan. He's going to be great in Impact. Yeah. He will. Absolutely. Yeah. If yeah, if he goes to Impact, great. Um, but again, that's another guy filling a spot. Just filling a spot. The bigger question is this. What if they sign with AEW, show up on the Impact pay-per-view as if they've signed with Impact, and then swerve it that night, and they end up with AEW? Because you still got the working relationship, and, you know, wouldn't it be a screw job if Callis, you know, in the end raise the arm of the new impact champion who's Braun Strowman who's with AEW. That would be perfect because I know that would piss off impact and we wouldn't we would be hearing for that for the next month. Oh oh he would he would have ammo for voices in my head for a year. Yeah yes yes (laughs) yes I just released one this past uh, weekend go check it out if you haven't got a chance to hear it yet (laughs) um Okay, but in, uh, let me. But okay. Yeah, but in all all reality, it, you know, it's speculation until it goes through. And the um, again, you know, it just it seems like it's always Dave Meltzer, just the one spouting shit off, and he's become very good over the years at some of the stuff sticks, some of it doesn't. He's fifty fifty, and yet people still believe this guy is a journalist. So. <laughs> Let me move over to you, um, City. Before I do that, it was funny because Chris had mentioned when we were talking about Buddy, he said, uh, Mysterio's daughter might want to know. <laughs> she, she's off TV because she got pregnant. <laughs> oh, what about that angle we haven't heard about yet? Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. All right, Sin City. What's your... I really thought you were serious. <laughs> what's your take, Sin City, on the possibility of Impact getting – one, two, or all three of these men. Apparently, Anthem's got that money and ready to spin it. What'd you think? So here's the thing is, um, ironically enough, um, Michaels, you and I are on the exact same wavelength. Um, I don't think that it would happen for all three of them, though. I think that it would just be for Braun. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I could see Braun being, you know, showing up at an Impact pay-per-view, winning the championship, you were you were spot on with exactly what I was going to say. So, um, hell yeah. And then uh, Buddy Murphy, Matthews, whatever, uh, he will be a great addition to that X division. Um, he That's the best fit for him. Yeah. Um, the best fit for him is not AEW. It is Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, the best fit for Bray Wyatt is also in Impact. Um, I, I, you know, obviously I've been a fan of Bray, you know, since he had the cult leader gimmick, um, wasn't too big into, you know, his work as Husky Harris, but, um, when he was in NXT as the cult leader, I was, I was bought in a hundred percent and I still am to this day. Uh, I, I personally think that anything that he touches turns to gold, but the, the best home for him is going to be an impact, um, if for no other reason than I, you know, we've, we've discussed it um, in the past here. Mm-hmm. Impact has run um, spirituality or, you know, occult type angles in the past. Um, so much so where they've had members of, you know, belonging to an undead realm. Um, so of course, yes, put, put Bray Wyatt in there. Um, you know, whatever he's going to go as, if it's going to be, uh, you know, Wyndham, whatever. Um, I, I remembered seeing something kind of randomly spouted out on social media where 
they were saying that he could even show up as Bray Windham, which whatever. Uh, I think that that's kind of stepping a little bit too much into the the WWE, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, the WWE pre-made character for him. Right. But um, I think that he he would definitely flourish in Impact. Um, Braun, uh, yeah, it, if for no other reason than he need, yeah, he 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 would absolutely be right at home being managed by Callis. Um, but again, obviously you've got Kenny Omega there and, you know, Kenny, I mean, you've got a built in kind of a, a feud that could fester from that as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think that regardless, um, it's going to be a very interesting time to see where these guys show up, um, and how soon they show up as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Guys, as um, as Vice President of Impact Wrestling Anthem, I welcome you over, and uh, I'll be very happy to have all three of you over into the show. Welcome. Welcome. Come on through. All right. There we go. Vice President. But, but since they got all this money, <laughs> can we open up that access? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> open up the access. With all spend, that money, spend you got. the seven bucks a month, get impact. Plus, there you bro. go. Yeah, Come on, it's, it's not dumb, bro. And if you got impact, if you got access on your cable, it would be call, it's costing you seven extra bucks a month anyway. So, there you go. Come on, dude. Stop I spend being- the extra seven bucks on the really, really, really expensive toilet paper. Oh, Jesus. Leave all right, that. let me go to the wow. You really think impact is shit. All right, well, okay, we'll talk about that later. Let's go over to our third account. From WrestlingNews.co. Is this guy name, is it Alistair or Alistair? How does he pronounce his first name? Alistair. Alistair? Okay, Alistair. I thought so. Okay, so Alistair Overeem says that pro wrestling is lame and bad acting and claims Brock Lesnar's UFC success was because of PEDs or PEDs, whatever. Let's read about it here. It says, Alistair Overeem spoke uh, with Ariel Hawani on today's The MMA Hour, and during it, he took some shots at pro wrestling, CM Punk, and Brock Lesnar. And he says this, it's lame. It's not even a sport. It's lame. It's bad acting. It's just lame. Sorry to all the fans of WWE. Damn, that includes all of us. Let me include them keep quoting it says i'm just being honest i'm giving my opinion free country right i think it's lame i hadn't seen it for 20 years i knew it was there never watched brock fight i never watched cm punk fight why did nobody warn cm punk what he was getting into of course he can't fight in the ufc of course he cannot do that you should have been more honest you should have warned that guy about what he was getting into That man got mentally destroyed in the octagon. If you look at his WWE stuff, I never watched his WWE stuff, but if you you look at it, you can already (laughs) predict it beforehand. This man, (laughs) oh boy, this man is going to have a bad experience in the UFC. Overeem continued by noting that the situation would have played out for Punk he was going to win and fight someone tougher or he would lose and eventually get hurt. So Punk lost his first pro MMA fight back in UFC 203 in Cleveland, Ohio against uh, is that Mikey Gall via first round. Mikey Gall, yeah. Yeah, first submission. In his second bout, he lost to Mike Jackson by a decision at UFC 225. And Overeem then shifted to Lesnar after Ariel pointed out that Lesnar had run in WWE before going to UFC. And Overeem stated, quote, are you really going to stick up for that guy? Ariel, Ariel, you're really having a little bit of a disconnect here, end quote. He was asked whether Lesnar was success in the UFC before he got sick with uh, diverticulitis. Diverticulitis, okay. And then Overeem responded with, quote, pre-USADA, end quote. (laughs) And then regarding Overeem's comments about USADA, which is the UFC anti-doping partner, he is claiming that Lesnar was suing uh, PEDS that was the reason for his success. 
So Lesnar win at UFC 200 in 2016 over Mark Hunt was later overturned after he tested positive for high hydroxychloroquine, uh, which is not a steroid, but is still banned uh, a substance since it's used in co coordination with the steroid cycle. And this marked the first and only time that Lesnar had fought while being tested by USADA. And Overeem beat Lesnar in UFC 141 in 2011, which led to Lesnar retiring from MMA for the first time and going back to WWE. All right, let's get right into it. Matt Michaels, I'm going to start with you. Man, Overeem, man, he says that you, you, you're lame, okay? It's all bad acting, okay? And um, he's, he's sorry that you fans like that. But it's horrible. What's your take to Alistair? Who? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's a pretty big UFC star, man. He's been a champion. Great. Good for good for Alistair or whoever he is. Um <laughs> first off, this motherfucker wants to talk about PEDs. Yeah, he's not doing PEDs. Right. <laughs> Um, secondly, if you look up, uh, you know, just to give people a reminder here that yes, this is what punk looked like in the UFC, right? But for something that's not even a sport, not even, you know, fighting, mm -hmm. um, punk has looked the same way in a wrestling ring. So, you know. Um, whatever. This is just a waste of breath. Even having this conversation is fucking stupid. Um, and the reason I say it's stupid is because the guy couldn't have come up with any other words but lame sixty times in this fucking thing. So, you know, if he thinks it's lame, great. It's bad acting. Wonderful. Um, but you know what? You can't do it. So fuck you. All right, let's move over right over to you, Sin City Steve. I mean, apparently. Wait, wait, he doesn't listen to this, does he? I hope not. Who, gives, who gives a shit if he doesn't? Oh, you Fuck go, him. You're going to be, well, now you got two people Fuck on the him. list. Fuck him. He ain't going to do shit. You got, I he ain't trying to make I any say, of us famous. I, I didn't say that, Alistair, for the record. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sin City, <laughs> where, where are you going this? You want to be against well, him or for him? <laughs> Let me, let me be the first one to say that uh, Alistair Overeem, I did not say that he sucks. I go. am not talking shit about this guy. There we go. Because, yeah, yeah. he could make me disappear. Anyway. Right. Um, now, I, I again, being fact-based, sure. I have to say this. Mm -hmm. And it kind of piggybacks off of something that you mentioned, Matt Michaels, and your point. Alistair Overeem is somebody that... Uh, back in 2012, uh, tested positive uh, under USADA. And it, <laughs> his uh, his testosterone to epitosterone ratio in his failed urine test just so happened to be 14 to 1. Now, oh my lord. To put that to put that into perspective, bad. the average male, the average male produces a T to E ratio of around one to one. <laughs> The World Anti-Doping Agency, <laughs> WADA, uses a four-to-one standard for positive tests. Oh. And the NSAC uses a six-to-one as its cutoff, a number used by WADA up until 2006. Wow. Well, again. He's not I'm taking eugenics? He's not taking I'm, eugenics? I'm, <laughs> hey, being, being fact-based, mm -hmm. I'm just putting out documented things. Right. And if the truth hurts, then the truth fucking hurts. Fact of the matter is, is that Alistair Overeem is definitely entitled to his opinion. Uh, he can say that wrestling is lame and is bad acting. Um, he can say that all that he wants. But at the end of the day, it, again, he even mentioned it. Free country, right? Okay, yes, it is. That's definitely your opinion. Congratulations. You're, you know, you're voicing your opinion. And just like every other opinion that's out there, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one, and a lot of them stink. George <laughs> yeah, does as well. But apparently he's got five times the amount of assholes than anyone else. Evidently, that's a lot of shit. 
And shout out to uh, shout out to you, Jade. I'm gonna have to throw your name out there too. You said fuck him, so he's gonna come after you too. He's got a long list of people. Okay, so Jade, you on that list? Simon Street on the list, and Matt Michaels on the list, and possibly oh, I'm in the front of the fucking list. Possibly fuck times twelve, and possibly Sin City for stating facts. Sometimes that'll get hey, you on the list man. too. I'm, I'm just gonna sit there. I'm just gonna sit there and record the shit while he's you know just beating the shit out of all of you guys. And I'll just post it to the Vegas Bad Boys uh, Instagram and YouTube. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully see- we can monetize it and make some fucking money on that Let shit. Let me see if Chris want to be on that list. He says, so what he's saying was that Overeem was 14 times the man that I am. Crap. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a that's a high percentage for a guy whose last name is Overeem. <laughs> oh, Lord. Boy, yours, yours is going to be real quick, Matt. He's gonna, he's gonna, it's going to be boop, boop, and that's it. Just boop, boop, and that's it. Yeah, right? Do we live in the same city? Boop, boop. All right. <laughs> I hope not. Oh, you, he fights in the same city. Oh, uh, all right. I, I, I can't wait until the, until the day comes that you are his door dasher. <laughs> <laughs> he go, we go pick you personally. That's awesome. And he's going to be like, wait a minute. Didn't you say some shit on a podcast about me? <laughs> Matt, when that happens, just drop the food and run. As fast as you can. Don't even. You Fuck don't that. Need, Throw the food at him. You don't need to run. <laughs> don't drop the food. Throw the shit at him and then run. That's awesome. Oh, man. All right. I already know what you're going to say, Simon Street, but. Uh, no, no, no. I, but, mean, I mean, other than starting off, I'm, I'm going to start the conversation and end the conversation with the same line. Fuck him. Now, the in between <laughs> is I get where he's probably thinking. With his limited brain capacity with this whole subject, I think it's awesome that he wanted to share. But think about it like this. When you look at UFC, there's not a lot of guys that are doing a hell of a lot much after, what, three, four, five years of their career. So, yeah, pro wrestling gives that ability for somebody to go in like a CM Punk, take some time off, come back still be able to have a job, what are you going to be fucking doing? Because if you don't hit the fucking announce table or you don't become part of the announce team like some of the great guys in UFC have, what the fuck are you doing? Do you see what I'm saying? So I get that you... Hopefully he's, not going, in, hopefully he's not going into acting. Well, hopefully he's not because he obviously doesn't have it because he'd just be lame. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, 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 is not. Like, like he, he didn't even fucking think about it. Like you over here hating on that shit, right? And it's lame, it's lame, it's lame. But these lame people still got jobs in their 40s and 50s. What the fuck are you going to be doing when you're 40 and you're fucking 50? Because if you're not brilliant enough, obviously by what you talked about in this article, you're not going to be fucking up at the I'm front sure he's one of play by play. He's probably he's one. Of, he's, he's fucking not. He's probably he didn't one. Even know who the fuck he was he, until today. He's probably won enough matches to have money set for life. You know. No, no, I'm not talking about his financial game. I'm talking about him actually doing something. Oh. Do you see what I'm saying? We might not care so, to do at nothing. At the end of the day, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't worried about his ass. He, he ain't gonna try and make me famous by knocking here, my ass out. Here, here's the here's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. If this guy was fucking smart, he would take a job with the WWE to face Brock Lesnar mm. since he beat him before. Yep. They tried to do that before with somebody else, and it didn't work out well. <laughs> well. Well, what was his name? Well, that was wasn't that uh, the Saudi Arabia thing? Yeah, the Saudi Arabia thing. What was his name again? Oh, he's uh, more famous than your ass. What's his name? Oh yeah, I know you're talking about. So, yeah, but yeah, the guy he trained for a little bit and then yeah. apparently fell off, got injured or something. I thought supposedly he was coming back again. I thought I kind of. Are you guys talking about Kane Velasquez? Yeah, Kane right. Velasquez. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's more famous than than Alistair, I think. And we oh, forgot yeah. Kane's name. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, by all means, Alice, if you want to knock me out and get famous, motherfucker, please. Because I'll be real quick to sue your ass. <laughs> get that money. I won't even I won't even try to fight you. Oh, I'll just man. go to sleep for extra two hours. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you guys for that. That is our three counts. And uh we appreciate everyone for chiming in and um and uh listening to our little entertainment for you there. Um, let's give our final thoughts, uh, for the week. Let's start off with you, Simon Street. What do you want to tell the good people out there? 
Uh, everybody just continue to try and be safe out there. Take the time to, uh, you know, be good to yourself, be good, be good to other people in the community. And, uh, you know, just, just try your best to be the best version of yourself you can be. Yeah, I didn't start the show, this show, I started off with wrestling talk, but I also wanted to uh, let all the folks out there in Louisiana, especially there in the coastal area, that, uh, you know, your prayers uh, are, are with us, our thoughts and all that. Well, man, it's we're recording this on Sunday, and it was looking bad. The entire power was out in the entire city of uh, New Orleans, and it's it's just getting hit. But good thing it seemed like those levees that they put billions of dollars into are holding up. So I hope that continues to do that. So um, so we we definitely thinking of you. Let me go over to you, Sin City. What you want to tell the good people out there? Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the great shit that you guys do. We do this show for you, so thank you. Um, also, special thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country on lands both foreign and domestic. Uh, this week has been a um, very, very uh, tumultuous week, so thank you for everything that you guys do. And, um, yeah, yeah, and a special, a special, special thank you to the 13 that paid the supreme sacrifice this week in, in Afghanistan. Yeah. Um and uh, also, um, yeah, repsports.com. I know this is kind of weird to say right after that, um, but uh, repsports.com, R-E-P-P-sports.com. Promo code Vegas at checkout. Save yourself 15%. Awesome. All right, Matt Michaels giving you the final word. What do you want to tell the people? This show has been lame. Word of the day, lame. Lame. It's spelled A-L-I-S-T-A-R. Is that how you spell lame? I think so. Oh, boy. Woo! I don't want to see the videos after you're, after you're mutilated. Don't worry about it. I'm going to get paid. <laughs> oh, Knock man. my ass out. Las- I show up get there with man. no teeth. Get this man on Las Vegas scoop while we're at it. You know, actually, that just reminded me. God, I forgot to also mention that for uh, Wrestling Talk, but we'll, we'll throw it on social media. So uh, for those that are still listening, next week we will not have a Wrestling Talk. Uh, we we will it's – it's Labor Day weekend, so some of us will be uh, taking a little time off. But um, we will have some shows, some programs for those days that will come on. So we, we still have something there for you. But we just wanted to let you know that as well. And then the following week, we will be back. So just a quick little programming note. All right. So with that, uh, you all take care. And we will see you next time. All right. Peace. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.